0: kind people, and we are back again. We are already at um, conversation number four, which is surprising to me. And we are in the, still in the second volume of the Collected Notes of Integral Spiritual Psychology. And today we're going to talk about what the notes call Caritas, or caring for the dead, Um, but I think it's there's a larger, larger theme here of death generally, and its um, its presence in our lives. So, or in the world, Uh, how shall we proceed?
1: Good morning. <laughs> good to see you, peers. Good to see. You. I enjoy these visits very, very much, and continue to thank you for them. Um, yeah, well, uh, in the work of the school, for I, I think for a good ten years, maybe more, we offer this course on caring for those who have died, and. Um, Along, along, we're we're trying to the whole of integral spiritual psychology is an endeavor to try to awaken the capacities of living body, soul, spirit, earth, cosmos, in, in a kind of consciousness, and to try to do that in the middle of life in this. I might say so, decadent civilization. So it's not a matter of, uh, you know, we we do meditations and leave and experience something in other worlds and come back and try to apply them. It's much more an attempt to feel and experience um, the intertwining of the spiritual and the earthly as one in a, in in a way you know it's really funny because I, I don't think it's doing anything meaning anything new i think it's it's going back in a new way to living very naturally so, so it's i don't even really want to call this particularly a new kind of spiritual work it's it's uh, it's how can we be fully human given what is going on in the world, which actually works against being human in many ways.
0: Right. Right. So, maybe just as a little context before we start, um, is it safe to say that um, modern uh, Western European American civilization is the only one in human history that does not make an effort to attend to their dead. That virtually all other human cultures had an awareness that we need to oh, yeah. that we be stay in relation to the dead
1: oh yes and it wasn't esoteric or anything it was you know very just a part of the culture you know the, this there's this extraordinary writing book called the smell of rain on dust martin Practel. He, he does a beautiful beautiful writing of the you know of that tradition and exactly what it does and, a lot of what we'll do is in very indebted to him. I wanna make sure also right at the beginning of this, uh, work with this chapter that I thank Paul Kuhl because again, over this time of nearly 10 years, I think he came to certainly more than half of those. And he took these, the notes that are in the In the volume, too. So, yeah.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. Um, Go ahead.
1: So, you know, last time in uh, the conversation on sacred service, we entered into a kind of a picture of a way of being with nature that opens up this sense of the intertwining of the of the wider spiritual soul psyche world in the earth and the body and the, the other the other way is or an additional a, a further way is being present with those who have died and that that's, that's going to lead to a third way that i haven't really Then I'm just entering, because it's much more difficult, is uh, the relation between people, what goes on between people. And and there can be a way to be present with each other that this intertwining opens up uh, between us. So kind of get a sense of what this, we're simply trying to live what it is to be a complete full human being
0: So when we think about being, being with those who have passed, we're normally uh, we're prone to a very materialistic kind of thinking, almost like a, like uh conjuring them
1: up somewhere
0: else kind of thing
1: basically in this civilization again i don't mean to be negative about it but it's just in this civilization when you're dead you're dead that's it and then the rest is a matter of grieving and memory and but grieving and memory are about us it's Our loss, our pain, our memories of, but it's not a. That's not a connection with the soul of the beloved who is still with us, but invisibly so. And uh, so that's that's what we'd like to try to reawaken.
0: Mm-hmm. But to be with us invisibly so, it's not the sense of a ghost following me around. No, no.
1: In fact, that would be a, I mean, when that does something like that occurs, it's it's harmful to the soul that is in that kind of situation. And that's kind of important because it is the the way we approach being with someone who has died is extremely important because if we, for example, if we're emotional about it, that makes the soul of the one who has died want to be back here.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And that, 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 that is harmful both to that, individual soul but it's also harmful particularly to the families of those who are still living because it uh, that uh, it actually produces a um, uh, a kind of disturbance in that family that that is unconscious that makes the individuals of a given family or extended family makes those those people makes it very very hard for them to determine their particular destinies in life because it's like a you know it's a little bit like an interference that we don't know where it's coming from and there's a lot of confusion and anxiety in, in terms of where one is going and uh So the way of being with someone who has died, it becomes very, very crucial to to do so in a way that leaves the soul free and leaves us free. So, yeah, maybe. So we're not at all also interested in, in, in the spiritual psychology. It does not have to do with communication with someone who has died. There's a lot of people who do that kind of work, but they do it through hypnosis. You know, there's you can find a dozen or so people who are, you know, you can visit them and you can you can uh, go into a hypnotic state with them and meet the person who has died and talk with them, and that that's not this at all because that that also seems to me it can be quite. Harmful to to the soul that is dying because it makes it makes him want to him or her want to be here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there's a difference between communication and communing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In communing, we can be together completely freely.
0: <laughs> mm. And in communion, there's some sort of um you know, maybe this is too causal a way to think, but there's a reciprocity that happens that is beneficial to both sides.
1: It is, um, but it isn't brought about by reciprocity. It's brought about by being in a kind of complex unity that opens to the First, first to the natural world but to the everyday world it opens up a sense of what well, we're always within this kind of field of unity of earth and the and the heavenly worlds the spiritual worlds so so yeah that's it so it becomes once once you can feel that it alters your life forever it, 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 it's living then differently it's living kind of all the time with this sense of accompaniment Mm. and uh uh, and so you pay attention like like little teeny teeny things become really important in perception and and they just they just show up and stand out and uh you don't get caught in like for example causality right in the usual way. It's not, I do something that causes that person to be with me, or I ask something of that soul who has died, and I get it, and it was a cause effect. It's nothing of that sort.
0: So we're we're back at, it is once again, a noticing Um, of what is there.
1: Yeah, what is always here. (laughs) It's like just it's sort of like you know, just uh, we live we live in this little space yes. and think that's it, and that's called civilization. <laughs> and and now that this just begins to open up more and more and more and more and more and more. When he says well, no, you
0: mean there's more to than this?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the current Bible <laughs> you just yeah. held up like Trump held up. <laughs>
0: So, this is one of these areas that it's hard for me to get my head around. Maybe because of the causal thinking, kind of getting mixed up with reading uh, Steiner. But Steiner makes a lot out of um, the desire on the part of the beloved who has passed to want to be of some kind of help to us. And is it possible to think that way and still be thinking out of integral spiritual psychology?
1: Uh, A bit of background is needed in the sense that, for example, it's extremely helpful to read some some I would say true account of uh, what goes on after death. Mm-hmm. Like like there there's a little book called Bridge a Bridge Across the River,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it was it was this it's the story of a of a man in, who died in World War One, and did. Did give transmissions to his brothers and sisters of what it was like in in the spiritual world. So, that, and it's, and he, by the way, though that was at the time that Steiner was living, and they the brothers and sisters took this writing to Steiner, and he spent several hours, you know, looking at it carefully, and they said it, it, it is really accurate. It, so that that's a helpful thing because it shifts us out of our, you know, if we just try to start thinking about the presence of the dead, we'll do it in terms of our habits of living here. So, for example, uh, in the bridge across the river, there's a kind of a description, like when, when you die, you go into a region and, and it's like you're asleep. And, and, and what's happening during that time is there's a, shed, a kind of shedding of the full materialist, material matter of our being. And, and then there's a new a kind of a waking up, kind of a waking up. And, and initially, those who have died really long and uh, kind of grieve their loss. They, they feel, you know, they long for us and it's uh, but and they also experience us longing for them but that experience is very very painful to them to for them to see us grieving is extremely painful uh, for example too he says that people who die instantaneously typically when they're in the spiritual world they don't know they've died it may take a long, long time to realize they died. That's a really interesting picture because it says at least initially, the spiritual worlds are not too different from this world. Mm. Uh, this, this person whose name is, uh, hmm. gosh, I forgot his name. It'll come back in a moment. But in, in one place, he says uh, right after he died. He he looks at a mountain that he that he used to that he loved when he was living. And he still sees that mountain, but he can see through it. <laughs> hmm. So that gives a sense that the spiritual worlds aren't, you know, it's not like they're up there somewhere. They're they're right here. They're right here. Right. So um he also says, you know, you have to work in the spiritual world. (laughs) And and there's no social security anymore. (laughs) But you continue the work, whatever you were doing in life, but now you do it at a whole higher level. So so it really becomes a spiritual work. Like this person uh, was a composer and musician. And in the, after death, he, his work was to create seven great symphonies and they would be played in the spiritual world for the sake of the, the earthly world. So, so it's the, it gives a, that's kind of a beautiful picture of, oh my goodness, there is there is something else and it's a different, has very different, different qualities than here. So we, we have to learn how to enter that dimension and not expect them to enter this dimension because that is so harmful, because it makes them want to be here. Then can't, they can't find the way anymore into the spiritual worlds.
0: So, but, but there's still, so the, the forces of destiny are still unfolding even after we've crossed the threshold.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's really interesting picture because we have to revision that we think of destiny as what is ahead of us. But what of ahead what is ahead of us is already still here. It's already here. So it's in a way, destiny goes on eternally. <laughs> No, the great difficulty in this whole thing is that what I've just described is more the way it used to be possible to have a, have an intuitive sense of the presence of those who've died. I mean, one didn't have to really do a whole lot; that they, they just they would sense these kind of qualities, maybe not know what they are, and and be able to talk about them, but. But just living in a sense of uh, I, I know I know my wife is always always with me, mm-hmm. but she hasn't come back to do that. That I'm, I'm open to where she is, for example.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But that all changed. I, I think I'm sure that if spiritual psychology has anything to offer the world, it's, it's this 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 that we're going to enter. I, I'm a way back when I first wrote Love and the Soul, in in one sentence I said, the world changed in 1942, ontologically changed. It wasn't historical change, the whole sense of what earth is and, and what then happens changed at that moment, at the explosion of the atomic bomb. Because that, well, for example, uh, Robert Oppenheimer. He was afraid to death that when the bomb exploded, the Earth would be disintegrated. Surprising, even you know, why in the heck they would go and do it anyway is crazy, but they did. And and the world didn't perish, but it changed the whole of the world uh, for a spiritual reason. First, the, for the spiritual reason, namely that. It, it like opened, a, put it. It like opened a portal to the depths of the earth, to the center of the earth, and externalized the presence of a um, a being within the center of the earth that is supposed to be there, <laughs> but now has become externalized and is everywhere. In 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 Rudolf Steiner's work, for example, but but it's in many spiritual traditions. This being is called the Lord of Death. The Lord of Death it means he, you know, he presides over death. He is death, and he's he's and Earth is a living being, you know, that is that eventually, in fact, is dying, but over many 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 many, many millennia. But as living and being a living being who is dying, that means there has to be something like like oh, that, that. Being is also within us, within the human body. It's called the Lord of Death. But see, we would we, we without the presence of death within us, we would not be aware that we're living. How would you do? How would, do, if you don't think of life biologically, it's way more than biological life. But how would you be aware if you're if that you are living if all there is is life? Mm-hmm. You know, how could I wake up in the morning and say, "Boy, I really feel alive today"? <laughs> mm-hmm. There has to be an absence somewhere that makes it possible to feel alive. Mm-hmm. You see, that's that's the right province province of the Lord of death. They'll be doing the right thing. The Lord of death kind of makes a makes an internal bodily space within us so that life can pour in and we can feel life happening. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of the picture.
0: Mm-hmm. So with the atomic bomb the forces of death now, is it safe to say they, they permeate things in a way they didn't before? What would the language be for that?
1: Yeah. It would mean that, that first of all, just concretely look at what has happened and way we are. We think that we control death. Mm-hmm. That, but that is that is the Lord of death <laughs> that is promulgating that notion because he's everywhere and is the controller of death. But now there's this kind of invisible presence of death within everything, surrounding us all the time. But but it doesn't, you know, it, it, it is it, it doesn't feel like oh there's death everywhere. Feels like we have control of death,
0: right? And so, so in in culture now, you start seeing these imaginations of uh, immortality or um, a kind of prolong prolongation of human life indefinitely.
1: Yeah, uh, that's. And so then all we have to do is begin to look and you can see that happening. Uh, uh, The the most important present example is that the way in which this imagination of controlling death takes place is uh, in relation particularly to collective diseases by a collective disease i mean it's a disease that affects everybody like and we're in one now the pandemic and that that's the you know that's like the presence of the lord of death but we think that we can control that Mm -hmm. we think we can control that Um, or any, like the same way, particularly that there are other collective diseases like cancer. You know, there's virtually no one that is not in some way affected by cancer or heart attack or-
0: Addiction. Uh, addiction.
1: Addiction, yeah. Those, those that, that, that affects everybody. So it's their, their collective diseases. And it- uh, a, a, a collective disease cannot be individually healed except under some, some very particular circumstances. A collective disease is requires a complete transformation of the human being and even even of the civilization, And we can can begin to feel that is happening in relation to the pandemic. But, see, it's being approached as if, well, we'll find a way to control this. Right. The difference. And, um, say, with cancer, people very often, they can continue a certain kind of living, but it's through medication and, and or... They get through it because they, have a, they, they already have a, a pretty deep inner life,
0: mm-hmm. do you think? Right, and, and, the, and the deepening, the cancer and the deepening of the inner life actually start entwining and working together.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's right, yeah.
0: So I'm so, you know, because of my, my addiction work, I'm so of late aware that I've never phrased it like this, but that sense of controlling the forces is very much related to um, understanding them in terms of management and chronicity. That's right. As opposed to anything resembling healing.
1: That's right. Yeah. Again, I mean, because the, the diseases are our civilizational way of saying, seeing something that we can't fully see, which is something arrives that disrupts us so that there can be a transformation.
0: Right. And it's a collective.
1: Yeah. Uh, this, yeah. One is, this one is collective. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm thinking about um, a couple of things that you and I enjoyed separately Mm -hmm. together that really seemed to uh intuit all of this maybe not in a conscious way but you and i read that book by eduardo duran called buddha and red face
1: oh yes
0: and that was set in new mexico and the rituals that were happening were in the context of the nuclear explosion Yeah, And then the other thing that we both did is we watched that that last, the most recent, the new 25-year-after season of Twin Peaks, where he has that whole amazing surreal sequence revolving around the explosion. And he's literally depicting the Mm -hmm. entrance of something.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Right. (laughs)
0: Thank
1: you for those two pictures. I had completely forgotten them so that, that there are some those are two wonderful ways of getting a sense of oh there's some kind of realization for creative people who can who can begin to picture what we're trying to speak of here thank you so much that's just great yeah. helpful will go back and particularly the buddha <laughs> and the red face wow yeah um the other the other Realm where where the we see well yeah, what's important to see is that uh, we think we're living life, but what have just described and are going to continue to describe we're living death life, and, it, uh, and that that is why it's really important to bring this to consciousness because. And it's more than bring it to consciousness, the only way through this is to be able to be from within the heart in relation with someone who's died, a beloved who has died. You see, that suddenly kind of opens up again, oh, Mm. life, life is way different than this little, you know, that's death life death, life.
0: Yeah, the the image I just got was death, life is this contraction of trying to control or to yeah, I guess control, secure the ship so to speak.
1: Yeah. The other major area of the presence of the lord of death everywhere has to do with the electro electricity and electromagnetic fields. And it's a when I said the, the Lord of Death has a rightful province within the body, and and he, he lives within the body as the electromagnetic fields of the body. So you can see that those aren't living. That's death in us. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that's rightful. But that's now been externalized as the electromagnetic, you know, uh, technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that, that that amplifies enormously materialistic imagination.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the Lord of Death runs, he rules the digitalized, computerized, electromagnetic world.
0: And you had mentioned how we're going to try to massively increase the number of um, Satellites around the Earth. Yeah. So, in a sense, there's some sort of attempt to inf- enfold the Earth in these currents. Yeah, or there is.
1: Right, there is. Right now, there's four thousand satellites circling the Earth. In less than five years, there will be forty thousand. Forty thousand, and they do speak of. They speak of it. A, the technologists who aren't doing all speak of it as a net thrown around the earth. Mm-hmm. But but that's see, that that's a kind of a contraction. And mm-hmm. that um, see the the surprise for both both in, in both of these areas of health and and now electronics, well everything see the trick is everything becomes e- seems to become easier. Mm-hmm you know yeah and that's by, by becoming easier it means we don't have to do anything but that's a way of saying go to sleep and actually be partly dead and we'll provide everything through these devices and so on that that continue well basically they continue to keep us asleep and we feel comfortable and we feel like we're being served and there's advances and look all we can all, but what we don't haven't looked at the loss the loss and oh that, that this oh, sorry, I have to say that but as we go through this it's not in any way any way actually a criticism I'm just this is just phenomenological description it doesn't say see, we have to shut down everything and go live differently
0: right
1: uh, the, it says it's more the question of well then given this situation, how in the world can we remain completely spiritually awake?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And that that's this this sense of a, a major way is being in connection with one who has died.
0: Um I don't know if this is where you'd like to go, but it raises two two questions for me. The first is, is, um, is the sense that we can control death parallel or analogous or whatever to the sense that we control nature? Yes. Um, Even when we're thinking in these sort of more progressive ways that we can control nature through wind power and recycling. That's the same sense of control.
1: Yeah, and and say with particularly solar power and now this coming electronic age, it's on it. It's happening. In a few years, there'll be all electronic cars. And, and, and the see in order to also allow that to happen you know as, I, as again we we typically ignore the fact that you know 5G 6G 7G and all the Gs they are, they are uh, that is physically harmful for to everything of nature and including the human being so, but th- that's kind of put aside or well, that part is taken and we'll give that over to medicine but we just saw that medicine is the same guy <laughs>
0: yeah. the same
1: more to death yeah so uh um, yeah, the, the the electricity is actually just descriptively way 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 more harmful than fossil fuels to the human being and 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 it's odd that the that the justification is to say, well, look, the only way we're going to get out of the climate difficulty is right. You know, right. It's just why it works it's, it's kind of great, and and if we if we have to keep up with that awareness, I mean, with developing full human consciousness, that's all. It's not their fault, it's it's, it's our fault for not keeping up inwardly.
0: The other thing that came to me with the image of the the net around the earth was the lack of cosmological thinking, that in a sense that here's the earth, we're gonna control it with these technologies And yet we're not thinking in terms of the energies from these far off celestial bodies or even cosmic thinking, meaning greater than human.
1: It's not even very good human thinking (laughs) because there's no such thing as an isolated planet. And, and, And what's happening, you have to look at the relations the relations are far more important than the things. The relation, I mean, so uh, uh, astrology knows this, but do you, do you know that, by the way, it's such an interesting the word mathematics first meant astrology. Really? The first, the first the very meaning of the word mathematic was astrology. Mm-hmm. That just meant that it was the study of relationships. Mm -hmm. not not, not this and this and this as if they were separate things as soon as you're into separate things you're into materialism for sure
0: Mm -hmm. and hence Pythagoras was an initiate yes who had gone into the earth yes and came back with a sense of the relationship yeah right (laughs) quite an image Mm. (laughs) <laughs> so as we move through this time this this um ending of something and we if we were see here we the causality is just so hard to get out of I guess how to put this, Um, what would it mean to not have a relationship with those on the other side as we pass through this time?
1: Well, I mean, I don't know other than it will continue in the same modality of uh, control. and and We get a little hint of it, get a pretty big hint uh, with what's going on now that uh, uh, it's the ultimate control is the control of the human being. You know in, in total, so, so there's a kind of which uh, it's like as if there's evolving some kind of total worldwide, controlling of human beings that totally remove any sense of inner freedom it's not not the outer freedom that that it looks like outer freedoms so we're not free anymore and so on we, we see that for if, if you look so if you look back at 2019 and what was happening right before the pandemic what was happening in six or seven or eight countries of the world, were huge, 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 huge demonstrations going on. And isn't that interesting that as soon as the pandemic comes, no more, no more demonstrations. <laughs> Do you see the picture? Uh, the, the sense of of again the where where the Lord of Death is going is this, you know, rather than a kind of external realm like medicine or or technology, now it's it's how to directly control all of humanity. And if you ask about who, that's, I don't want to go into that. I don't know. But that's your question about where will this go?
0: Right. And it seems like there's a couple things going on with that where, um, well, there's a few things I'd like to say. One is that there seems to be, at least in a certain part of the population, a sort of passivity around giving over control. Almost almost as though giving over control of one's inner life or whatever that we're talking about is somehow preferable or okay or easier, like you said before.
1: Yeah, it it means that the inner life is nearly gone anyway. So it's just really have to, and strangely though, uh, in America, in other countries, like in, like in, although the and it's not, doesn't show up on the media, but in France, for example, there are huge demonstrations. Of, uh, I mean, millions of people
0: mm-hmm.
1: in, in, in other countries. So, uh, and then there's, that's there, a way of, I don't think that it's the helpful way at all. That doesn't necessarily bring about an inner life either. But there is some recognition that the, what we call life is really being uh, taken away.
0: And then there was this one time, and I don't remember the context, where you posed the question, who <clears throat> escapes? And I found that very provocative because the way I took it anyway was that there is something within that is actually beyond the reach of the controlling forces. And yet, if it's neglected, it's as though it's not even there. Huh. And there was a, there's a famous scene in one of Solzhenitsyn's novels where an inmate who's been just through the ringer, you know, with the authorities and probably tortured and interrogated and forever and ever. And finally he says to his, to his, uh, to the interrogators, whoever he says, the thing that you want, you can't have it. And then I think he even says, and furthermore, I couldn't give it to you. And so he's pointing to something of a free nature in the human. Mm-hmm. That that I wouldn't say is inalienable though, because if you forget it or you have no relationship to it, it's almost as though it's not there.
1: That's right. And that at least again, now or the concern is the intensity. Of the things that make us forget there's anything even there. So at least I hope we have if there's if we can briefly go into the question of how to do this. How, what is the way of a way of keeping and awakening a connection with one should start with with the beloved who has died. That's that's first of all much easier than. If I try to be in connection with someone, I, I acquaintance or even a friend, that's much more difficult, the connection with the beloved who has died. And it, it, because it's, it's really very much like we, the process is very similar to what we alluded to last time with this entering into the silence pouring attention into this place at the periphery of the body just bodily actually pouring feeling a kind of within within the interior of the physical body a kind of waves and movement and tingling and that settles down and then we gesture the word heart with our lips heart and then it's felt, you feel the presence of, of you feel inwardly the presence of the heart as like a like a spherical space that is warm and calm and radiating even beyond the body. And the, the division between the body and the outer world is, is much thinner or dissolves. And then you're in heart awareness. But then if within heart awareness, you also now place attention right at the center of the heart, right at the center of the heart. And you kind of see inwardly or feel inwardly a bright light at the center of the heart. And you pour attention into that light. And then you feel like uh, the, the, the world is also this heartful place. So then we're in individual heart awareness and world heart awareness at the same time. So we do the same thing with uh, with now being in connection with someone who, someone who's died. And but the way that's done then is to first intone the name of. The one who has died that you would are seeking to be in union with, and then you do that two or three times, and then you intone the name of the one who has died. Looks like this. I say, Robert. Robert. Resonance in the body, feel it, yeah. and and that opens up this field of presence. It's just like being with my little tree that I talked about. Well, now I'm in union. We are together, communing, communing. But then I don't don't think of it as communication. I'm communing. So with my heart, i might, I, I, I I will I would with with. With my beloved, I would heartfully feel the question: How can I help? How can I? Then I might also then even even, you know, in three little words or less, intone what I'm seeking help with. Helping the world. Helping world. And that's all we do. And you don't get an answer. (laughs) You don't get an answer in the way that, you know, it's because it's not conceptual. But now we've opened the field. And it means that in daily life, something will show up that reveals that it belongs to this question. It also doesn't come as a conceptual answer, but you've, you're now in the process of the answer unfolding. It'll, it'll just happen. It's, all, it's so simple that it's, you know, it's very, very simple. But, but then you can see it becomes a way of living and that way it means that, gosh, there's always a sense that there's there's way more than us.
0: Right. Right. So in a way, going back to that image, it's a way of, um, it just goes against all the contraction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway. And... Um, and it has a sense of, of, of the way it was. You, you do live then within your destiny. You know, like, like if I notice something in the world and it, it, it out of this, and I begin to, the thing is to follow it feelingly. Yeah. And that may be completely different than my ideas or my plans or everything I you know, tried to control. It's, it, it's, it's different. But.
0: Yeah. And so, and so full uh, body, soul, spirit, yeah. noticing that that word noticing is so yeah. Yeah. because it's not I'm thinking about it and then looking for it. It's more um, here, and it's here too.
1: Yeah, it's that's image. You know, that's image meaning that in an image. If you like in a dream, you're the, the the dream consists of the dreamer, not just the dreamer in the dream, but you're aware of dreaming while you're dreaming. So there's the dreamer, the dream activity happening, and the dream content all one. Right. The same thing. It's doing this in the world. It's got it's like this psychic envelope at the at the edge around our body that we we so that that's important in that i'm if i'm living this way i'm aware that with i'm, I'm part of what i'm with an aspect of it not i'm not a detached onlooker
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I think we did it again.
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. That was uh, fun. One more fun. It really was. It really really was. Actually beautiful. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
0: So um, when we meet again, will we be in the next volume?
1: We'll be in volume three. Yeah. Very good. All right. All right.
0: Enjoy your day and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. For more information, you can find us at resistancerecovery.com.